0: Welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. This episode is part of a special series about the Backloo Trail region of Newfoundland and Labrador. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of the Backloo Trail, from stories of phantom ship sightings to local art and history. I'm your host, Natalie Dignam. Today I'm talking with Reverend Anthony Nwoko of St. Patrick's Parish in Carboneer. Rev. Anthony moved to Carbonier four years ago as part of a mission with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Grand Falls. He is a priest with the Society of Divine Vocations, a religious congregation founded in Italy in 1920 that works to foster vocations in the priesthood and religious life. Rev. Anthony joins us to talk about his experience moving to Newfoundland, his work with the parish, and his recent youth initiatives.
1: My name is Rev. Anthony Muoco, S.D.V. I am a missionary priest of the Vocationist Fathers, or we call them the Society of Divine Vocations, a missionary congregation founded by an Italian priest, Blessed Justin Rusolillo, in the year 1920. I grew up in Nigeria, and uh, I joined the... Society to find vocations when they came to Nigeria from Italy.
0: You said that you had first come to Newfoundland on a on a holiday. So could you yes. talk a bit about uh, your experiencing coming here and and how you uh, ended up in Carbonear? Uh,
1: the, the first time I came to Newfoundland was uh, in the summer of uh, the year 2015 when I came to negotiate with the Bishop of the Diocese of Falls on the opening of a vocationalist mission in Newfoundland. On my arrival, I booked an appointment, you know, with the Bishop, that's Bishop Anthony Daniels, you know, where we discussed on the opening of the mission in the diocese, he was very disposed, you know, to have us in his diocese to help in the pastoral work, you know, in his diocese. After the agreement with the bishop, I stayed for a few months, you know, in St. John's and then left to Nigeria. I came back again in the early February, you know, 2016 with two other priests two other vocationist priests, you know, to open, you know, the vocationist mission in Canada, which happened to be in Newfoundland. You know, early February is part of the peak of the winter, right?
0: I was going to say how, because you came in the summer, which is so beautiful here, and then to come back in the winter.
1: Yes, yes, that's what what I want to explain now, you know. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to explain now. Uh, And... uh, Yeah, that was the time, you know, the peak of winter was the time I and two other vocationist priests, you know, came to Newfoundland to officially open the mission. And so, on arrival, it seemed to me as though I was out of the planet. It was terrible. It was a devastating shock. You know, the the, the cold was unimaginable just frozen cold you know for me i have i have visited europe and a few parts of the, some parts of the world you know i had not imagined a freezing cold like the one i encountered on that day you know i've read about code in canada i've had people talk about code in canada my friends you know, always say Canada is a very cold country, you know? But I thought uh, it's something that I, you know, I I can easily handle, you know? But unfortunately, it wasn't so. And as a person coming from where the lowest temperature could not go below 30 degrees Celsius, you know, I felt like a frozen chicken. You, You can imagine how I felt, you know? Coming out of the vehicle was like, <laughs> just like it was it was something terrible, you know. My body was shaking, my hands became stiff, my nostrils were freezing up. Oh my, I, I was I was even hearing my my two jaws beating against one another uncontrollably, you know. But what cons the only consolation I got that day was when I entered the car. You know, the heat in the car was the kind of consolation until we reached uh, we reached home, the cathedral. It's it's really um it's, uh, an experience, you know, an experience. Well I remember one of the priests with me, you know, he asked me what is this? You know, I, I replied to him in our native language. I said this is Oi." you know, <laughs> I said this is code, code plus <laughs> you know. Which is which is not something, in you know, ordinary, you know, the, the, the gorgeous look of the snow was interesting, you know, the gorgeous look of the snow, was very very interesting, but the cold that comes with it is very miserable, you know. I wish to see the snow, fall, but I don't expect the cold. I don't want the cold, you know, I. I will look out every day to behold the immaculate snow. <laughs> but it's just a wish, I don't because I don't want the code. You know. So the code, you know, gives me miserable. You know, thank God I'm think I'm surviving it now. I'm I'm getting used to it now. So it's no longer an issue to me <laughs> right now.
0: Was this the first um, mission from Nigeria to Newfoundland, at least that you know of? Yeah, this
1: is the first vocationalist mission in Canada. So it happened to be in Newfoundland. So after this, another one was opened in Grand Prairie, Nabata. So, But this is the first one that we opened, you know, that I came here with two other priests. And then others followed afterwards.
0: Oh, okay, so how many uh, vocational priests are there now in Newfoundland?
1: In Newfoundland, we are six now, we are six now, um, five in Grand Falls and then one in St. John's.
0: How has their experience been?
1: When we came to the Diocese of Grand Falls, uh, I think the, the first thing the bishop did was to organize an orientation program, you know, for myself and my colleagues. You know the educators taught us you know the language the accent of the people you know the culture the food you know and so many other things you know the on uh, the religious activities i uh, i observe you know the attendance is very low unlike where i was coming from you know and here Entering the churches, you will see empty pews. The majority of those in attendance are seniors. The religious gatherings are expected to be sufficient, you know? Masses on the weekend is expected to end within 40-45 minutes, right? You know, so this is in contrast you know, to where I came from. The, 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 the Nigerian church is a church full of life because the majority are youths and children, you know. So the uh, the one one of the things I experienced here too when we came was um, the hospitality of the people. You know, the hospitality of the people. How we are received. You know, how the people welcomed us, and how they they, they care so much that that they. They want us to feel comfortable. They want us to feel at home, you know? And they are ready to help you, you know, whenever you are in need of anything, whatever that will make you feel comfortable. You know, I, I have heard of many, many of my friends in so many countries, you know, face some difficulties and, you know, with the people where they are sent to But Here is a different case. We are received, The people we are happy to see us, the, you know, the, the spirit of hospitality was you know, really encouraging, not just to me, but also to my my colleagues.
0: Yeah, I definitely experienced that when I came here too. It's hard not to come to Newfoundland and uh, not find someone that wants to give you Sunday dinner.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That one is, uh, even till now, even till, till now, presently my parish is still the same system, you know? The people who bring food, you know. Every time they call you, are you okay, are you good, do you want to eat this, do you want to eat that? You know, I'm becoming an expert in Newfoundland food now, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh one thing that you mentioned that I wanted to talk a little more about is uh the the parish that you're working in and um you give masses in, in different churches in different locations and Yes. Um, like you said, it's a it's a big problem in Newfoundland how small the congregations are because every community has a church or almost every community has a church. Yes. Um, and then sometimes when communities don't have a congregation that's lar- large enough, they amalgamate and uh, they don't know what to do with the building. So it's really important to like keep these churches really active and alive like you were talking about. Yes.
1: I, I cover five churches. You know, the Hard Desire, and its environment, Whitburn, Bellevue, and Lamb. You know, In Cabernet, you have, you know, the number is much. In Hard Desire, the number is not much. In Bellevue, Whitbourne, Lamb, they're just small numbers. You know, but not minding the number, I still have to go there and attend to them even if it's one person that one person matters a lot you know that person that one person is a human being that must be respected that you must make yourself available to you know give him or her the necessary support you know spiritual support that the person will need and you must be there to you know special occasions every weekend you know until the church is closed and then you can stop but unless the church is closed you know you still have to go there and attend to them many of the many of those churches don't have the number again you know there's just small communities where you have just the seniors you know, 10 20 15 you know but personally I don't look at the numbers you know I don't look at the numbers I look at you know, the people, those people that come to church, you, know, you have to look at them. Even though sometimes it becomes very, very difficult maintaining the church, those churches, you know, because of the number of people that are coming. But it, okay, you just have to, you know, try your best. You just have to try your best, do what you're supposed to do. And then, you leave the rest to God. So that has been my my apostolate, you know, within these uh, these, these areas. You know, within these five, you know, five churches and five communities.
0: Um, can you talk a little bit about the the community work that you do?
1: Yes. Um, here in in Cabernet, I... Let me just begin with uh, my, the, the work of the priest, you know, in the community. If the priest stands as... Um, uh, the, the the public servant, you know, the spiritual leader of the people. You know, you're always there to support, to encourage, you know, the people. You make yourself available whenever you are called upon. I serve in the in the in the California general hospital as the community chaplain. You know, I go there to conduct services for who are sick, I also serve in the seniors' home, you know, from time to time, we do have our services there, when we go there to pray and sing for them, entertain them, you know, to lift them up, you know, spiritually and, uh, you know, physically as well. But I attend to them, and um, the hospital, they call me from time to time, whenever anybody is in need. Sometimes when somebody is about to die, they call me. Whether the person is from my church or not, my church. Whether the person is from Carbonera or not from Carbonera, you know, they call me, and I go there for the person and you know give consolation to the, the family, you know. Then, so that's then I go to the home the the, the homes around. You know, I go to the short ends, Those who can no longer come to church due to illness, I visit them. I give them communion. You know, I pray with them. You know, so this is like a daily routine. Anyway, it's like a daily routine. You know, which uh, sometimes you don't even have any program. You just have to. You must have to do it. You know, because these are the expectations of the of the people. You know. It's not something it's not just in one church you know you still have to do it to you know all the places that you are covered you know. fortunately or fortunately you know we have so many seniors in our churches so many seniors many of them are not too strong to come to church again, so you have the responsibility of looking for them.
0: One thing we had talked about that i I definitely wanted to talk more about um was how you had noticed a lot more youth participation in Nigeria and that's something that you noticed was different in Newfoundland and you've been doing a lot of work to try to get youth a lot more involved in the parish.
1: As a Catholic priest, uh, you know, the youth are an integral part of the church. You cannot do without them. We cannot do without them. There is no church without the youth. I came here and I saw that many the youth are not are not involved they were not involved you know and I decided to find a way you know to help out so to do this I have to apply a kind of um, a strategy you know to help me out you know which I had i did i I had to You know, categorized in two stages. You know, what I call the awareness stage and the collaborative stage. You know, the awareness stage and the collaborative stage. The awareness stage was, when I came here, I started creating awareness. Telling their parents, their grandparents, you know, everybody in the church that we need to encourage our youth to start coming to church. We need to start encouraging them start talking to them, start supporting them. You know, if it, if, it, if it involves going to pick them up to come to church, I said, please go and do it. You know, because for you to engage them, you have to see them first, you know. It wasn't easy, but with much support from the parishioners, you know, they started coming. And then when I saw that they started coming, we enter the next stage, which is collaborative stage. You know, I bring out some initiatives. You know that uh, will help me to control them in a way. So every last Sunday of the of each month, the youths take charge of the different ministries in the church. They take charge of almost everything, apart from saying the priest saying the mass. They take charge of you know, everything. They wire. They read. They serve at the mass at the altar. They pick up the collections and things like that. And they were really enjoying it, you know. They were really enjoying it. And I assigned. Um, I had to assign someone to be in charge, a youth, you know, leader, you know, which is someone that they know very well, someone that they can approach. You know, they may not feel so free to approach me, to ask me some questions, you know. But I had to appoint someone that they know, you know, very well, that they can approach and ask questions and, you know, without feeling they're being shy about it. Then the person in charge of the choir was, uh, is also somebody who teaches, um, I think, music in one of our schools here. You know, so with, with her experience, You know, the youth were really involved. You know, if you come to church in any of these uh, last Sundays, you can't but leave the church with smiles on your face because you will see talents, natural talents. The thinking will be different, everything will be different because the youth, you know, are involved. You know, so. This is a kind of, a, you know, initiative that I brought in here, you know, which has also helped even the, the community at large. I, 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 I don't just believe that um, the youth, they don't want to participate. No. But I think we have not given them the opportunity to, opportunity to do so. You know, we have not given them the opportunity to do so. When you give them that opportunity, they feel happy to do it, and they will do it wonderfully well, even to your own surprise. You know, in our church, right now we have wonderful readers, youths that can read beyond. You know, you see them reading; you think that maybe they are newscasters. You know, these are talents. If you don't give them that opportunity, you won't see them. Anytime we have our Christmas carols or uh, Easter concerts, you will see talents. You see them display. You see them entertain. Not just the church, but the community. Because anytime we are having occasions, you see people from different places will come. You see them. They entertain the community, you know, and everyone, you know, will feel happy. You know, so we, they, they, you give them the opportunity to, you know, to excel, and and once they hold on to it. They will, they, will, they will be great, you know, and they will th- do things that will even surprise you.
0: So you also started um, a youth choir as well. How yes. did that How did that project start?
1: Yeah, when I came, I I I I noticed that in the community here, that many of the youth they 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 know how to play one instrument or the other. You know, one instrument or the other. I attend most of their school concerts, their school shows, you know, and I'll see those youths that I know that come to church. You know, I see them there, performing, singing. And I said, why? Well, if, if these guys are doing these things in the school and in the community, they can also do it in the church, you know? So I contacted one of the the, the teachers in the school that teaches music and uh told him, I said, is it possible for you to handle the youth wire, to let us form a youth wire? And she accepted. And then we started inviting them. Those who can sing, please come and join. You know, those who can sing, you know, come. Come along with your instrument. Come along with what, you know, whatever instrument you play, you play with. And they came, you know, practice for a few days, you know. And then the wire is formed. You know, even though it may not be 100%, you know, but... They, they, if when you come to, um, if you come to Christmas Vigil Mass here or Easter Vigil Mass here, you will understand what I'm talking about. You will see them. You know, you will see their performances because it's it's that's this kind of special night that they get involved so much and that they love so much. You know, apart from the Sunday, the the last Sunday. So that was how we formed, you know, that youth, um, that youth choir. You know, even um, youth from other churches. You know, they also come to, you know, join and sing. So it's not just, it's not only the the, the youth from the church, from our church. Those of them who can sing in other churches, those of them who have learnt one instrument or the other. You know, they come along and they sing. You know. You know, youth are attracted to where things are going, where things are happening, right? Yeah, they're attracted to where things are happening, and they go there. You know, so that was how, you know, the wire was formed, the youth wire was formed. And they're really doing well.
0: So your next project uh, or initiative is a symposium, and obviously this is, you know, due to the pandemic, not something that can move forward right now but yes. I, I was hoping you could just describe what that is and kind of what you're working on.
1: Yes, it's, um, it's a symposium which um, I want to get involved, um, the youth uh, around this community, like from Harbor Grace, since um, I cover with Bond Bayview Chapel if I can get some use there, which is, I know it's very, 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 very difficult, you know, to get any use from that area, you know, but if I can get some use there, that would be good. Then use from, uh, not on the you know, and then hard desire and its environment, uh, and its environment, its environment, you know, so if I can get them, and then we come together here in my parish, you know, to have a kind of, uh, symposium, you know, awareness of who we are, you know, then we can start from there, you know, we are still, um, we are still planning, you know, my, my major concern would be, you know, encourage somebody, their parents encouraging them to come. That's just my major concern, you know, it has not been easy, it has not been easy, but I think with, uh, in the grace of God, I think uh, they will, will come out. You know, so once we are able to organize ourselves here in Carbonia in my, in my parish, within these five churches, you know, then we can now go to the diocesan level. The diocesan level, you know, ground force. Now, we if we are going, we go as a team, you know, from these five churches, we go as a team you know, to some level, you know. But because if you want um, each of the youth to to get involved from their, from their homes, you know, from their families, you want them to go from there to grandfathers, you know, from there to grandfathers. definitely they're not going to get involved. But once you bring them together here and we move as a team, just like every year, uh, youth from my, my parish here go to, Halifax for a conference, you know, Stubenville At- Atlantic Conference. Every year, uh, the youth from my parish here, they go to Halifax for that conference. And they go as a team. And you know, that's the same thing I want, you know, I'm trying to do here, that we move here as a team, as a family, you know, to Grand Force, you know, to meet other youth coming from other areas.
0: So my last my last question for you is, um, I'm just curious about kind of like the the future of um, the missionary work here in Newfoundland, and if like the vocational priests, do they come for like a few years, or like how how does that work?
1: Yeah, before your priest comes here, we you are you are going to be you are invited by the bishop, right? The vocationist priest, the we are here on invitation you know, by uh, the bishop, uh, bishop of Grandfors or the uh, bishop of St. John's, as the case may be. Uh, it's, it's like a contract, uh, a, a contract, you know, between the diocese and the congregation. You know, sometimes, you it might be a contract of, let's say, two years or three years renewable. You know, after two years, after three years, it's renewed again to five years. You know, after that five years, we need again to, to five years, or you know, as the case may be. As long as those missionaries are doing well, you know, the bishop would like to return them and keep them, and you know, uh, the bishop may not be in need of the the mission again, or the mission the, the missionaries will decide that you know, okay, we are through here, we have to go to another place. You know.
0: Thank you for joining us on Hidden Gems of the Backlo Trail a special series on the Living Heritage Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Dignam. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail, and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.